the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers. I'm Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, the 93.9 KPDQ-FM network, AM 860, The Answer, KPAM, AM 1640, The Patriot, 93.1 L Ray and 104.1 The Fish. And if you just email me at mikelee at kpdq.com, I'd love to talk with you about how to introduce our audience to your church through our church service live stream directory, how to possibly qualify for hosting your own radio program, how to become an authority and expand the reach of your ministry or business both on the air and through our state-of-the-art digital and online resources through our Salem Surround Marketing Branch, how you can host one of our station's events after the world reopens, and it will, and bring people to your church or business at no risk to you. And most importantly, if your pastor or ministry leader could use a phone call, a word of encouragement, or connect to others, please let me know. My email address again is mikelee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. And our very special guest on Difference Makers today is no stranger to the program. In fact, we last had Daniel Lacey on in 2016. And he is now the director of mission and founder of Bob's Auto Cafe, which is now expanding from not only its Tualatin location, but to a radio program as well. So welcome, Daniel. How are you today? I'm good. I uh, I almost feel like I need to make sure I've got my Kleenex wipes out now to make sure the the whole radio show is clean of me as well. <laughs> Well, fortunately, we're doing this remotely, so we don't have to worry That's true. about the uh, clear acrylic shields that our engineering crew has thrown into our studios, and we can simply wipe our equipment when we're done with each other. But that's okay. Go. And that's for those right. of you less familiar with Bob's Auto Cafe, do make sure to follow Bob's Auto Cafe on Facebook and check out their beautiful website, bobsautocafe.com. So, Daniel, if you were in an elevator with me and I saw your pretty logo on your shirt and I asked, what's Bob's Auto Cafe? What would you tell me? Bob's Auto Cafe is a nonprofit auto shop designed to train individuals for future technical work uh, in the automotive field, along with uh, a shop that provides real world service uh, shop repairs uh, on everybody's vehicles um, at a, uh, a great rate. And uh, honest, uh, honest work. Uh, we are also a 501c3 that allows for uh, donating a vehicle to us that we use for the purposes of training, as well as for selling, so that we, those proceeds can help us along with our service work to fund our organization. And then, lastly, we have a benevolent side of our organization that, through our third-party providers, uh, allow us to help those in the community that might not be able to uh, afford automobile uh, service work on their cars and, and albeit though it comes through those third-party providers so we have people organizations that call us as opposed to just anybody off the street calling us 
That's a wonderful ministry you put together. So when did you start Bob's Auto Cafe, currently located on Southwest Industrial Way in Tualatin? Uh, it's kind of a, a moving point in the sand, but it was about March of 2016. Uh, so we have just eclipsed our fourth year and um, moving forward. So it's it's in, in uh, design work, it took probably a good... Uh, two, well, three to four years even before that is, is uh, our board of directors met and we envisioned the plan and its, and its uh, full development and, and how we were going to go about doing that. And um, it's, been a, it's been an educational process to say the least. And it's been a, um, at times a bumpy ride. Um, even now we still go through some bumps. Um, and uh, but we're moving forward, and God's blessed. He has blessed us tremendously the whole time. Well, Daniel, I want to thank you and the crew at Bob's Auto Cafe for all you're doing for our community and for being open weekdays from 8 to 5, working on all different makes and models and fleet work as well. So do you and your crew have any preferences when it comes to vehicles to work on? <laughs> that's that's kind of a... An interesting question. Um, there are vehicles probably best said that we prefer not to work on, um, and and yet we we take on anything and everything. They're uh, the problematic vehicles for for any independent shop out there are the ones that they might not have the proprietary software for. So uh, a lot of manufacturers like to hold on to that information, and and we understand that uh, on some of the newer models. But even as the models get older. It's just difficult for the computers to talk to our computers. And so, no, we're, we're pretty open to almost anything. And we do diesel work as well. So we work on and gasoline engines, diesel motors. Uh, we do everything from the uh, take take the wheels and tires off the car. We don't deal with, uh, with those at this point as far as uh, providing uh, sales of tires and service on tires yet. We're working on that. Uh, but everything on from there into the vehicle, electronics, mechanical, uh, transmissions, engines, cooling, suspension, the whole bit. So there's nothing that really we stay away from, and we're very good at what we do. Well, that's the important thing. And as a brother in Christ, we're called on to be excellent at what we do. And I think it's just fine that you're staying in your sweet spot. There are plenty of established businesses that deal with tires in this area. So why go up against that when you could concentrate on doing the main thing? Exactly. Yeah. And we actually have partners that we come alongside with that, uh, that will help us in need with, uh, with tires and uh, wheel alignments at times. We're, although we're really close to, I believe, having our own alignment rack um, so we can take care of those things. But the, the most important thing for us is that the work that we do in the shop is geared towards helping those individuals that we're trying to train for the future as well. So we want to be, be able to make them an all-encompassing person, not necessarily focused on just one aspect of the vehicle. Um because you never know what you're going to get when you come come to work in the morning in the shop. I mean, um, I don't know if you want a quick story here, but this one this one is, is fun. We we love God's stories. Um, we love to see how God allows us to find answers to questions that are um, outside the mix. We had a, uh, a vehicle that came in, and I'm going to be cautious here because um, we do have a lot of partnerships with with uh, manufacturers um, in the sense of dealerships in the area, and we we love their work and we love uh, working with them and they um, uh, they help us in, in various aspects and, and ways. 
but we had a vehicle come to us from a dealership that this woman came and said, uh, my car keeps going in limp mode. And what that means is uh, she's driving down the highway and at 45, 50 miles an hour, the car would instantly go into limp mode, which meant the car would get relegated down to about five to 10 miles an hour. Well, if you're driving down the freeway and that happens, it's really not a great comforting feeling knowing that you might get a, uh, you know, a, a hit from the back at that speed uh, as your vehicle is decelerating and you have nowhere to go. So long story short, the vehicle was taken to a dealership, which um, basically said uh, she needed a new transmission. And uh, the car came to us via a church partner that we have. And they said, she can't afford this car. She's upside down in it. Uh, and it was a decent car, a uh, nice car. Um, and, and they said, can you help? And we said, well, we don't know. So we diagnosed some stuff. We looked at some things. We figured um, what we knew. Um, but the car would go into limp mode for us as well once we cleared the codes and just go right back in. So one day, my, my new office manager at the time, this is about a year and a half ago, uh, we were watching an intern pull this car in for its third hour of diagnostics and to uh, to establish what was going on with it. As he pulls into the lift, he hits the brakes and the brake lights don't come on. And I looked at my, my ops manager and said, hey, I know we're kind of new to each other, but I, I don't allow this to happen. Um, car comes through the shop. If the brake lights don't work, it's a safety issue. We want you to change those brake lights. Uh, so they work. He takes his fist and slams me in the chest. He's a brother. <laughs> and, and I said, he says, the brake lights don't work. And I, I said, yeah, the brake lights don't work. And he gets, slams me in the chest again. And after I said, it got to get fixed. He says, the brake lights don't work. Come and watch this. So he pulls me into his office and pulls up on a Google form that um, in the specific vehicle, if the backup lights don't work, uh, the transmission could go in the limp mode. I said, no, come on. You got to be kidding me. So I said, well, change the brake lights. So he changes the brake lights, starts the car up. The whole dash had been a plethora of uh, Christmas tree lights. Those all went out. And he, uh, my, my door has a glass uh, front on it so I can see out in the shop where he was. He backs the car off the lift, rolls the window down, smiles at me, slams the car into drive, peels out in front of me, peels out reversing. So I go drive the car. I'm kind of the test mule dummy, um, so that way you know it's not going to cost the shop too much if something happens to me. But so I get in the car and I go drive for 45 minutes, no issue whatsoever. We went to the church and um, this four to six thousand dollar transmission fix was probably more five to six thousand dollars it was going to cost her. Um, ended up costing the church. We we charged them for the diag work and some other little things that we did on the vehicle to to make the transmission a little bit sounder cost them 350 bucks and they were gladly willing to pay that in order to, to get this woman on the road and that was it the brake lights were out 350 versus 6000 wow yes, that's some difference well and here's the thing that we train for here's the thing that we at least in my mind's eye is i think is important and that is to be all encompassing not just go after the problem and say okay that's the problem the transmission doesn't work so transmission code says it's time to replace it but rather had that dealership done a visual inspection of the car and noticed that there was a safety issue with the brake lights being out and done the right thing and changed the brake lights, the whole world would have changed. But in this case, they decided to, like we kind of use the term kill the car and just say, oh, it just needs a new transmission, next car. Because it was going to take maybe too much time to diagnose the problem or because they just figured that was it and it's always been the problem and so forth. I talked to a service manager of 
a like dealership. If it was the same one or not, I don't know. I wasn't, it wasn't important to me. And I just told him what we'd found on this specific brand of vehicle. And he says, I'd never heard that before. I said, I know. And other people have never heard that before either. And you need to look at this. Because the trans, basically what was going on for people wondering is that the vehicle was going into limp mode because the brake lights were not working. So therefore, for whatever reason, and I am not an electrical guy at all, it's, it's an enigma to me, there was a signal being sent back to the ECM of the transmission or the transmission control module and basically saying, your brake lights are on, even though they weren't on, but because they were messed up, your brake lights are on and we will not allow you to go 45, 50, 60 miles an hour with the transmission you know, drive because your brake lights are on. So you're going to blow this thing up, so I'm going to shut you down. And that's what was going on. So the brake lights were out. I don't like to sound like a conspiracy theorist, Daniel, but do you think it was incompetence or do you think it was simply not being careful? Or do you think maybe the first diagnostic was going to be financially beneficial to the person who gave it? It's easy to replace a part. It's difficult to find the problem. It's easy to, for one in one's life, to eliminate a problem by getting rid of the situation. But then all of a sudden they come back to find out that the problem is, you know, comes back to themselves and it comes back to them. You know, in a spiritual platform, and this is one of the things we're going to be talking about on Bob's Out of Cafe radio, is that there are times when we want to get rid of the problem and not uh, what we perceive to be the problem instead of looking a little further to find out what the real problem is. You know, it, it just it just comes off the top of the head, but you look at marital problems and it's easier to get a new wife or a new husband than it is to look into ourselves and to find out what the little issues are that cause this whole thing to rear its ugly head. Um, there are, um, so compartmentalizing and changing a part is easier than diagnosing. The sad part, think about it this way, Mike, is that, is that had they changed the transmission of this vehicle and gone back and started the car up, guess what? The brake lights were still out and the vehicle, the transmission would fail again, quote unquote. It would go back in limp mode. And then here's the problem is that shops are, they don't train their people to be responsible at times for the misdiagnostics. They'll come back and go, well, you know, there's another problem here, too, and we need to charge you for this. And, and it's, um, uh, dare I say, this is, it's it's passing the buck. You know, it's not my issue, it's your issue, and it's it's your responsibility, not my responsibility. There must be a problem with you, not a problem with me. And um, so... I love that story. We've got a couple of them like that in the shop, and we're going to save them for, you know, Bob's Auto Cafe Radio, because I can't give you all the good stuff. That was a real good one I gave you. <laughs> yeah, it's easier to change the part than it is to find the solution to the problem. Great words of wisdom, not only in an automotive sense, but in a spiritual aspect from the director of mission and the founder of Bob's Auto Cafe, and now the host of Bob's Auto Cafe Radio. Don't miss Daniel Lacey, Saturday mornings at 9 on True Talk 800. Daniel returns next on Difference Makers.
Welcome back to Difference Makers. Mike Lee here with the host of the very new radio program, Bob's Auto Cafe Radio, airing Saturday mornings at 9 on True Talk 800. Welcome back, director of mission and founder of Bob's Auto Cafe, Daniel Lacey. How are you, sir? I'm good, Mike. Thanks for uh, having me here. It's a privilege and a pleasure. You sound very comfortable on the mic. Were you always that way? Um, I think so. Um, I, I don't know if you want to hear the story how I got here, but I um, uh, basically I had a speech communications minor in in, uh, in college. Uh, I was going to seminary and grad school to become a pastor, and I just kind of knew I was a little rough around the edges, and so I pursued some other things. and And I've always had a passion for cars and motorsports, and um, so I I kind of pursued down that line. I, I went racing myself a little bit and um, just was always around the field and, and uh, just comfortable around people. So where did the love of racing start for you, Daniel? Well, the earliest recollection I have is my father taking me to a place called Ascot Park in Gardena, California. And uh, as my mom used to say, we used to go watch the jalopies race, but actually we were watching the sprint cars and the midgets and the, the um, silver crown cars, I called them for IndyCar. Um, and so I watched a lot of the great names, the Pernilla Jones, the Lee, uh, Jill Leonard's, the uh, sometimes A.J. Foyt was out there, um, just, just all kinds of great drivers, Bentonhausen, uh, run Ascot Park, and it was a pretty famous place. And uh, it was the sights, the smells, the um, the, the sound that, uh, that drew me in. Uh, I just found myself having a deeper and deeper passion for racing. Did you listen to a lot or watch a lot of play-by-play when it comes to the racing game? Not really. That's kind of where things get a little weird. Um, uh, in, in the motorsports, uh, you can listen to some stuff going on. I used to listen to races from Ontario Motor Speedway and, and uh, Riverside. I used to hear the play-by-play from the PA booth uh, at Ascot and what was going on there, although the, the sounds of the, the engines obviously dominated the atmosphere. Um, but I've always had a, a, a passion for people and, and for what they do and to promote them. It's not, it's not as unselfish as it sounds. And maybe as I am a selfish person, I think all of us inherently are, but I really love promoting other people. Um, and so it was, um, my background kind of came into motorsports in 1999 when I, I went on the road full-time to uh, to announce or to full-time to be a chaplain uh, in professional motorsports with the Trans Am Road Race Series and and from there I became chaplain for multiple series and and always was a chaplain first and foremost but in 1999 when my boots hit the ground at the Long Beach Grand Prix was is kind of the backyard race for me as I grew up in Southern California uh, but now on a whole different official level and Again, taking care of the men and women of the motorsports uh, community. Um, I had a guy pull up alongside of me and said, "Hey, I heard you're the preacher guy, and you must have the gift of gab." And I, I kind of looked at him and said, "Yeah." And he said, "Well, I'm Tom Natu. Uh, it's a guy that used to have a TV show called Dream Car Garage, um, and uh, amongst the other shows he had." And he said, "Well, I'm, I'm the PA announcer. Wants to come up and join me in the PA booth, and and uh, you can be my color guy." Well. I had also been racing for nine years myself, so I kind of knew the environment that way as well from the inside. And um, I really never left his hip um, in the PA booth um, other than, you know, at least when we were on track. Another, if we had an emergency, obviously, my first call was the chapel guy. Um, 
I never left, left his hip and became the color announcer of that series and later on became the lead announcer of the Trans Am series, um, along with other series from IndyCar on down and uh, probably 10 or 11, 12 series that I've been involved with. Many of the drivers that um, I worked with uh, uh, went on to IndyCar and to uh, Formula One racing, uh, some even into NASCAR. And that's that's where I I really um, started shining in the PA booth and started feeling more comfortable with, with working with people. There's a whole different side note story to that as far as being able to uh, move around the paddock as, quote, the color announcer now instead of just the chaplain guy. Because a lot of people just don't want to talk to the chaplain. You know, hey, come to chapel service and love to have you here. I'm here for you guys, yada, yada, yada. Um, but when you say, hey, tell me a little bit about you, your sponsor, your team, what's going on, and get to meet the people and get to talk about them, it opens up a whole different um, dichotomy or, or, or dimension, of, um, dimension of, of how we can relate to people. And I think that's important to note in the spiritual realm. It's not just – it's not about me. It's about other people. And even though I'm gabbing on now, it's not about me, Mike. It's about you. It's about our audience and how can we uh, minister to them. So this was an avenue for me to, in which to, to be able to um, flourish. And one of the side note stories is, is I remember handing off to a guy I used to race against, who's now in the tr- professional ranks, handed off a chapel flyer. And as I'm walking away, I could hear the thing being crumpled up and round filed. And yet that same year, because they got to know me and knew I wasn't going to just thump them over the head of the scripture, it was about lifestyle evangelism. Um, Later on at the Michigan Grand Prix on the streets of um, uh, Grand Rapids, um, they had had a horrific crash and were up all night. And I came downstairs from the hotel that we were really close to the track at and uh, at 11 o'clock at night, just came by to say, hey, do you guys need anything? Because I saw the lights burning on in the paddock. And each individually came up and said, thanks for being here and thanks for coming out. And then the next morning before the start of the race, um, I said, I'll be praying for you guys. And, and rather than hound them without, they they said, well, thanks. And then one of them piped up and said, can you pray for us now? And that team that wadded up that file, that chapel flyer at Long Beach a few months later, are standing around in a circle around their car, and I'm praying for them on the track. So that's what Anansi started doing for me uh, in the chaplain position. On this, on the, I went down the road. Let me come back. How did I get my, my teeth cut on announcing? I listened to some Rams football, uh, Minnesota Vikings, you know, the purple people leaders against Roman Gabriel and Gene Snow and all that stuff, and Gabriel to Snow down the sidelines. Love that. But the real cusp of how I got to understand more about individuals and how important it was to talk about them rather than about me and to be, hey, look at, you know, up here in the PA booth, was in uh, in high school, uh, in college, I got a chance to go to some great Dodger games and, and some friends of mine had season tickets and they would, um, they were in the third level section. If you know Chavez Ravine, they were way up high and it's like, really, what, what good is third level? Well, third level was six feet off uh, home plate at the rail. And if you know Dodger history, if you know where that is, that is literally six feet off center and at the rail above Vince Scully. 
And so I would listen to Vince Scully without a radio because you could hear him, his voice projecting, uh, talking about the Dodgers. And then later I'd listen to him on the radio, obviously. And before that, I was listening to him on the radio. But just seeing the environment, feeling the environment, being that close to that announcer and listening to what he was doing and talking and, and, and talking about people and their personalities and how, how that plays into the sport and what they do and what they're thinking and how they're going about things really helped me, I think, in many ways, ways unknown about talking about the individuals in a race car and what's going on. You know, I'll, I'll point out not just the first five guys in a race. I'll point out the guys been 25th or tw- through 27th because they got a heck of a battle going on. And then as my friend Dorsey Schrader would say, you talk about the dance and the footwell of the car as the, the feet are moving back and forth in the pedals, you know, your left foot breaking, your right foot breaking, you're hitting the clutch, you're hitting the gas. You know, I, I know today they got all these sequential get paddle shift stuff but but back in the 90s and thousands you know 2000s uh, through that era there wasn't that so much and so it developed into that but but you're talking about the dance going on in the in the, in the car moving the wheel looking around checking your mirror checking out front hitting your marks making sure you're not hitting somebody and and not going off track and so that's what i enjoy is i bring bring that excitement i bring that personality of the individual of the car or in the car out to the people in the stands and that's what i love doing so if we can do that about individuals out there in the world that are listening that are um, going through issues going through things in their spiritual walk and and their life um and 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 make it personable and make it you know enveloping them the reality of that um that's what it's all about how does god's word affect them how does god's word mentor minister to them um and, and it's 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 each individual and bringing what we have to the forefront in a way that they can understand much like the racing bring to the forefront things that people don't see in front of them explaining it to them getting them excited about it same in baseball they don't see the pitch. They don't see the the, the the threads coming off the ball, off the pitcher's hand, but the but the batter does. And what does he do to get that to that point where he understands what's coming at him? What do we do to understand what's coming at us in the world? And how do we react to it? How are we going to play this game out? My pal Johnny V's got this theory that if you find a job paying you to do something you love – It's like you're not working a day in your life. And I think that's what you found not only in the automotive industry, Daniel, but also launching Bob's Auto Cafe Radio Saturday mornings at 9 on True Talk 800. So I'm very excited about what you're going to bring to our listeners. Do you have any dreams when it comes to radio aspirations? Where do you see yourself five months, five years, 15 years from now? Well, we desire to grow Bob's Auto Cafe uh, from its current location into multiple locations. That's that's um, that's a vision. Um, where does that take Bob's Auto Cafe Radio or myself? Um, I, I, I hope and pray it's to the point where we are building a platform by which we can train individuals. Uh, I hope it's a platform by which we can help the community one car at a time. I hope it's a platform by which we can uh, bring the word of God to people in a way that they'd never heard it. Um, there's there's a, something unique about an individual that comes into our shop 
and has a problem with a vehicle. Um, it's there's there's a sense of urgency that can't be explained uh, other than for the individual that gets broken down on the side of the road. Um, the number one issue with low-income families is uh, reliable transportation. They got to get to the job. They got to get to school. They got to get to work. To uh, to to the doctor. Uh, they have to get groceries. Um, and so there's this urgency that plays out. And so in that urgency, we also want to make sure that we are not only taking care of the mechanical need that they have, but also the spiritual need too. I, I think there's a, I know there's a way that those two play off each other immensely. You know, people um, can go to a shop and, and get the car fixed, but when they go out the door, they're still looking at the world the same way. Um, okay, I got that problem done. Now what am I going to do? I want them to be able to go into Bob's Auto Cafe, wherever we might be, however big we might get, and no matter what, go in, get their car fixed, and walk out going, wow, I never thought that I would have this much support and this much ability to continue on down the journey here because now I've got hope. I've got vision. I've got a future to look to. And, and, and I know that God's in control and I know that God's got this. Now that could be any model, make size, um, or color of person. It doesn't matter. And I, I just switched that whole thing from vehicle to person. It doesn't matter who that person is. It just matters that they need to know that God loves them and God has a plan. And the bottom line is they just need to understand that we're sinners. And we need Christ. We've got to we've got to focus on the fact that we don't have the answers. He does, and with hope in Him, and with giving our lives to Him, there's a future well beyond what we could ever imagine. Daniel, I love how you took your rejection by that race car driver who took your flyer, crumpled it up, and immediately threw it out, and you didn't let that stop you from loving on Him and sharing the hope of Christ with him, and eventually praying as a result. So, way to go, Daniel Lacey. Way to not get discouraged by not having immediate results. And we're not always called to see the fruits of the seeds that we plant on this earth. So, I love how Bob's Auto Cafe and now Bob's Auto Cafe Radio are going to be able to spread that hope of Christ through what you do in the automotive industry. And when we return with Daniel Lacey, we're going to find out more about the man himself in addition to his ministry. Make sure to check out Bob's Auto Cafe Radio every Saturday morning at 9 on True Talk 800. Daniel returns next on Difference Makers. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here with my friend Daniel Lacey, who you may remember as the founder of Bob's Auto Cafe. They're located on Southwest Industrial Way in Tualatin, and he is now also the director of mission for Bob's Auto Cafe, as well as the host of a brand new program, Bob's Auto Cafe Radio, on True Talk 800 Saturday mornings at 9. So, Daniel, with your announcing and play-by-play experience, in addition to you being mission-minded as a businessman and the founder of this nonprofit 501c3 group, are you excited about hosting a radio show now? 
man. You know, there's a fear factor that kind of comes in because it's uh, uh, there's there's a a time certainty, right? Um, I mean, we can do things remotely, sure. We can do things, uh, you know, as we say in the can, you know, for for video and stuff, and throw it in the can and then produce it or put it out there later. But the bottom line is, um, uh, I want to make sure that what I have uh, to put on the air is real and relevant. If it's not, then it's, there's no purpose in my being there uh, with uh, Bob's Out of Cafe Radio. Um, you know, Mike Lee with Difference Makers uh, is is real, and it's it's uh, um, you, you do a lot of homework. And so there's been there's been kind of a interesting um, changeup in my organization. Um, that now allows me and and almost kind of commands me to get out and about and to grow the business. Um, it's been very difficult in the past because of a limited clientele and just um, I think I know God has kind of pushed us down a little bit to just say okay let's get our get our act together. Um, and there's been a lot of maturity I think in in that process and vision. But the bottom line is I got to produce content. I got to make sure that uh, that it's 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 real. I like like the idea of being raw, being direct, because I think a lot of people pussyfoot around, and that's not me. I had a guy walk up to me at the racetrack one time, and big guy, big guy, wasn't very intimidating guy, but he's a big guy, and um, he's standing in the opening of a trailer and he's looking down on me, and he knows I'm the I'm the God guy, and and he says. Uh, he said, well, I don't need to go to church. I don't need that stuff. And, they, and I said, oh, okay, all right. And I said, what do you believe? He said, well, I, I believe if you're, good to, if you're good to everybody, then you know, God's going to take care of you, and, and God will God'll note that, and, and I'll be all right. And I said, where do you read that? And he says, in the Bible. And I said, hmm, where, where in the Bible? He says, I don't know, but it's in there. I said, okay. And I, <laughs> I left him with a phrase that, I've heard a pastor or two say, you shouldn't do this, but it's, it's who I am. I, I just looked at it and I said, well, good luck with that. And I turned around and walked away. And, um, you know, you're not going to change the individual. Uh, well, first off, you've noted, I think, and we were talking earlier, uh, I sent some things to you, and basically one of them was, uh, I, I know that you can't change people. You can't change anybody. Um, they've got to be willing to change themselves, and God has to be the instigator of that. Um, I really believe that. Uh, otherwise, you fall back on your habits. So when uh, when I turned around and walked away, I, it's like, okay, I'm not going to change it, dude. It's it's, uh, it's on you. Well, about two, three hours later, I walked, uh, I was walking around, and he came up to me, and he says, hey, hey, I just wanted to let you know I, I didn't mean that, you know, uh, I, I I didn't believe in God or, you know, or that, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I just said, I said, just be careful of what you say, Um that's in the Bible if you haven't read it. I said, you've read the Bible, right? He said, no, I never have. I said, good challenge. Let's let's read the Bible. So I, I set him on that path, hopefully, of, of being able to, and I didn't see him very much. He was like at one specific racetrack in the country that I visited once a year. And I, I, um, I said, you know, read the Bible. Start with the Gospel of John. Find out what it's all about before you talk about what's there when you don't know. So um, knowing what's there, portraying or, or presenting that on the on the radio, uh, whether it uh, Difference Makers or Bob's Out of Cafe Radio, um, 
It's important that we have our facts straight. It's important that we have reality in front of us. And it's important that we can make it relevant to those who are listening. Especially nowadays, Daniel, in this cancel culture that we're living through, I love how you just said, maybe you should just read the Bible. You didn't get confrontational on this gentleman. And as a result, your conversation was able to continue. Good food for thought for all of us when it comes to trying to live this walk of being a Christian, especially in today's world. Tell us about the name. You're Daniel Lacey. Where did the name Bob's Auto Cafe come from in the first place? Well, it's kind of funny because I, I deviate the story a little bit. I, my middle name's Robert. My grandfather's name was Robert. So there's two Bobs there, right? Um, a real simple story. Uh, and my youngest daughter, uh, Danielle, is kind of my car girl uh, of the three. Uh, she's helped me on, on restoring a car or so. And just, and I've got a car in the garage that I need to restore that she and I, Lord willing, will we'll get to in a short order of time because I'm timing out. Uh, well, we, we are, are, are all timing out. Um, but uh, when she was two years old, uh, Danielle would always say, me, 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 me. Everything was me. Everything was me. Everything was me. And I, I said, okay, can you say Danny? Your name is Danny. And she goes, no, me. And this went on and on for, I don't know, five minutes or so. And finally, I just, um, you know, this precious little thing, I was talking to her, and she, I, I just said, fine, from now on, your name is Bob. And um, I walked away. I came back a few minutes later, and I said, so, what's your name? And big grin on this two-year-old's face. I, I'm telling you, she's two years old. And she looks at me, and she goes, Bob. And I just says, <laughs> Uh, my dad came in the in the door a few minutes later. I said, Dad, 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 ask her name, ask her name. And she says, Bob. And for the next six to nine months, I don't know, she kept introducing herself as Bob. It stuck as a nickname. So that's her nickname. And I thought, you know, I've always wanted to have a place that uh, if we build this place, I, that's kind of a, a cafe, which maybe has a food element. But at the same time, I've always liked the idea of cafe racer, like motorcycles, um, but it's automotive. So it's an auto cafe. And so hence the name Bob's Auto Cafe. Oh, I love it. I love it, Daniel. Were you and your father close growing up? Yeah, my dad and I had kind of an interesting relationship. I, I always loved and respected my father. Um, he was always a good dad. Very quiet man. Very, very wise man. Uh, he worked in the aerospace industry. Um, I never knew exactly where. One day in a conversation, he's, he used the word, well, down in the cell. And I said, ah, you're underground. You're underground. And he he said oh, and never said a word about it again um he took a piece of paper out of the la times sports section i was reading one day and uh about to go off to school i go dad 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 look at this and i think it was uh um trw down in california had this big picture of the ocean and in it it says at the bottom it says can you find the submarine in this photo i said dad 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 can you find the submarine and he looks at it he takes the whole Half page, or actually it's a full page of the newspaper, tears it off, folds it up, throws it in his pocket, says, see, you got to go to work. Never said a word about it again. I'm thinking, what the heck? I mean, what's, who is this guy? So that was him on the, on the work level, on the quiet level. My father was a, quote, sponsor of the high school group at our church for, oh, my goodness, probably 10 years, 15 years. He was basically the high school pastor in a layman role. And... Um, and so what happened was, is my through my junior high years, high school and college, my dad had a, another family there. And in many ways, he was 
gone with those kids unless I was involved in what was going on. Um, I shared my, my time with them. So I, um, I missed them that way. I miss them that way. Um, I'll share one quick story about my dad and I, uh, my conversations. Um, I was married. It had been two years. They were still living down in the Bay Area, or South Bay Area, L.A. And he and I were down at the beach looking at the ocean, talking. And, and, and I used to play baseball, football outside all the time just with my friends on the street. And when I was at Biola for a year and a half or so, I played intramural football. And I was a quarterback. And people, I would just be playing, throwing the ball back and forth with some friends. And people would walk up to me and go, where did you play ball? And I said, what are you talking about? I says, where did you play football? You, you, obviously a quarterback. And I said, uh, I never played. And so this conversation with my dad years later, um, I said, dad, why didn't you ever let me play baseball or soft, you know, uh, little league baseball or, or football? And the words coming out of his mouth were absolutely uh, deafening um, and cutting and it just kind of spoke to where my dad was in his professional life but he said to me I never knew you wanted to play and um, even to this day that kind of hurts a little bit um, I, I had an exceptional arm um, and even to this day if I get warmed up I can, I can do some pretty good things with it you know, God's blessed me with that but I also have a passion for racing. And so when I was 25, after I got married, uh, my wife let, let me uh, start going down that road. And so uh, that's, that's a new sport that I, I, I obviously, um, from six years old, have loved and, and got involved with. So I love hearing that from you, Daniel. I bet that affected you as a dad yourself, didn't it? You know, I, I coached my daughter's basketball team. Uh, I encouraged my eldest daughter to play soccer. Um, my middle daughter is who I coached in basketball. She was great. She's a lot of fun. Um, and I just tried to go to all the games I could when I was home because I was on the road for a lot of weekends. Um, my eldest daughter played soccer and for about two years with a little kid. And the only goal she made was on the opposing team or with the opposing team uh, and her own goal. Um, it was hilarious. Watching the celebratory, you know, four-year-old, five-year-old. Um, I scored a goal, yeah, for the wrong side. <laughs> and then my my youngest <laughs> my youngest daughter, Bob Danielle, uh, she uh, played softball, and I used to I loved going to uh, to watch her play and and uh, encouraging her as well. Um, they never really any of them moved on too far from that, but um, yeah, I always wanted to encourage encourage them in the sports when I could. And you're also good at encouraging the public. You've got your free safety checks. And in addition to being open weekdays from 8 to 5, working on all makes and all models of cars, but also doing fleet work, you also do some kinds of internships. So tell us about that, won't you? Yeah, so the internship um, is basically this. It's a paid internship. What we're pursuing is to educate people in the field um, without having to pay tuition, without having to um, do it for free. You just walk in and help us, and thank you very much. Our whole idea is to start them off at minimum wage, yes, but it's a it's a real work world environment, um, and so uh, that's a challenge because you've got to be profitable in order to pay them as they're learning. And we've had guys gals come in that don't know anything, and yet and so they're not, if I dare use the word, profitable for us, even in an oil change or something like that. And um, we've got to train them and pay them. So it's uh, 
it's a challenge that way. Um, we're not real good. I'll be very honest. We're not real good on the academia side of it when we're trying to get there. And it's one of our Achilles heels right now that we're working through and we will get there uh, with God's, uh, God's grace and, and provision. Um, but we are the hands-on people. So we are teaching people that way. Um, and, and the difficult part also is to find people that are willing to work. Um, we live in a different society. Uh, we've got people that have had we've had had issues with people coming that either oversleep or they they don't make it to work period or or they've got video game addictions that's the one that blew me away uh not drug addiction video game addictions i never knew that one until about six months ago um and then uh, uh we're, we're trying to help people that come out of the military if possible um but there's just this there's this lack or void of of ability to find people that can um can put skill set to it because the last thing we want to do, Mike, in sincerity, is to train something or somebody that's that's not going to be able to help the the uh, the field. Um, they've got to be a, a profit center, obviously, for those that are employing them. Um, and so it's uh, it's difficult to do that. We've got a, a young kid we just brought in the other day that um, I'm really excited about, and we'll see how, how things go with him, um, as long as another. Um, kind of a quasi intern seat type mechanic that's uh, doing a good job and he's learning a lot uh, in our shop as well. So it's a challenge. Um, it's not a cheap challenge. It's uh, one that we can always use support on. It would be easier not to host internships. So all the best with that, Daniel Lacey. And before we land the plane, tell us when did your faith become your own? Probably when I was uh, my senior year of high school. I became a Christian when I was nine. I distinctly remember that time of um, knowing that Christ died for my sins and, and asking him to come in my life and forgive me from all of my, my mess-ups and my future mess-ups that I kind of understood at that point. Uh, but my senior year of high school, I dated a young lady that um, loved the Lord, and she just kind of entrenched in me the need that I needed to focus on the Lord and not on myself. But it's always been a struggle. I don't know how else to put that. Um, I think if we say that a spiritual life is easy, uh, then we're blind to what's going on around us. Um, it's uh, it's always been a challenge. And um, so I always come to the throne of God and say, hey, Lord, okay, uh, straighten me out because I need to be uh, better at what I'm doing here. And, um, uh, and not better. I need to be forgiven for what I've done wrong. And I need to be cleansed and I need to be pure and I need to be holy and I need to be walking in your path and uh, following your footsteps and obeying you, not just doing good work, but obeying you. Um, so it's um, senior high school and Lord willing, I'll never stop growing um, you know, on my path to sanctification. Don't miss Daniel Lacey, the host of the new radio ministry program, Bob's Auto Cafe Radio. Saturday mornings at 9 on True Talk 800. Anyone you want to say hi to, Daniel? Uh, thank you to my wife, Miriam, who constantly loves on me, and I don't know why, um, but 36 years, and we keep going. And my little uh, grandkids, Taylor and uh, G2, um, Gabriel Jean, new, newborn. He's uh, 11 weeks old now, and I haven't seen him, and Lord only knows when we'll be able to at this point. And when you do, you're going to appreciate that kid so much more. So good for you, Daniel Lacey, director of Mission and founder not only of Bob's Auto Cafe in Tualatin, but of the new radio program, Bob's Auto Cafe Radio. Follow Bob's Auto Cafe on Facebook and check out the website, bobsautocafe.com. 
which I'll leave linked up to the Difference Makers page at truetalk100.com. And thank you for listening to Difference Makers. Mm-hmm.